0: We greet you in the name of Christ. We're not necessarily speaking on the subject of Pentecost, although that would be a worthy subject. I do think of the verse in that chapter where it says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That power. Is the greatest power in all the world. That power can change my life. It can change your life. It can change our destiny from hell to heaven. The greatest power that we have ever seen in this world is the power of the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost. It can save my soul. It can change my life, change the life of the worst sinner and turn him around. That would be a worthy subject to speak about, uh, but I have chosen another one. I uh, would like to turn to Psalms 127 and read part of a verse. We have been speaking about the heritage of God in our posterity and there's a thought in here that is awesome it says in verse 5 speaking about children happy is the man that has his quiver full of them they shall not be ashamed But they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Somehow, God is saying that we defeat the enemy with our children. The hunter defeats and has victory because of his arrow. I have a subject this morning that I I don't really know uh, why I'm preaching it, uh, but God spoke to me and said, preach it. Forgive me. I, I need your prayers. I, I need a little time. to thank you for your patience. I, I'm going to speak on the devil this morning. And I didn't know he's going to attack me this way. I, I expected trouble, but not this kind. Uh, let's have a little time of prayer. Shall we bow our heads and let a number of you pray? I, I need control and I, I don't have it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of the blood, the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that greater is he that is in us in you than he that is in the world. And we pray, Father, for the blood to surround us here this morning as we touch on the work of the devil. Uh, Help us, Lord, to stay under the blood, and we pray that all the works of darkness would be stopped here this morning. We want to preach your word. And we thank you, Lord, that we can. We thank you that you're greater than the prince of the power of the air. And as we, as we uh, talk about this evil one, this wicked one, we pray, Father, that the blood would be surrounding myself, surrounding this church, surrounding everyone here this morning, May we lay hope on the atoning work of Jesus Christ and the power that saves us from hell and the works of the devil. We thank you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I'd like to ask your forgiveness and also thank you for supporting me in these few moments here. I had... uh, Uh, decided to speak on this enemy that he speaks about in verse 5 and uh, of course you already know who that is because he's showing himself around here this morning. I hadn't expected this to happen at all. I expected maybe a real difficult time in preaching or maybe not being able to communicate, not being able to speak the message, but I hadn't expected this. So we thank you for your support in this. Uh, We're treading on enemy territory, and uh, I think sometimes we can talk about the love of God and His great love and compassion and salvation and redemption that we have through the blood, and He lets us go, but when we talk about who the devil is, we need to approach it. And I guess I didn't pray enough before I got here this morning. I usually get up at 3 or 3.30, and I overslept. I got awake at 5.00. And I guess I didn't have enough of time. But we're going to lay all that aside now. I, we're, going to, we're going to preach what God has for us and, uh, and believe that he can bring to us the message. Uh, in the reading of the scripture that I read in Psalms, uh, it seems like we would read here in verse 5 that the enemy is defeated with the arrows. And I would like to title my message... Victory at the gate, taken from the last four words in this verse. Victory at the gate. We like to think about uh, the enemy. Uh, we like to think about who he is. We like to think about what he like to do. And we like to think about the methods that he uses in doing it and we'd like to talk about victory in defeating him. It's a big order, but I, my prayer is that we could have a simple message that we can all lay hold on and get a little bit of a glimpse of the enemy of the human soul, the devil. Is he real? Yes. He's real. He lives in the spirit world. But he's real. I'd like to turn to 1 Peter 5.8. We're going to be turning to several scriptures. Who is this enemy? Who is our enemy? Who is the one that wants to destroy us? Who is the one that wants to have our souls? eternally turn into hell that is forever and ever who is that first peter chapter 5 and verse 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour Matthew 13:24 Let's turn to it Our enemy is the devil In Matthew 13:24 God Jesus gives a parable He says, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. This enemy is the devil. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather them up, the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers. Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And this scripture teaches us that we're going to be rubbing shoulders with the works of darkness here in time. You believe that? You just walk around society, walk into town and see some of the things that are taking place around us. And God says he's going to let us be mixed together with that until the end of time. And then he's going to take them tares and pull them up and cast them into the lake of fire. And God's children will be delivered to be forever with our Lord. We have another parable, a number of these parables here. In verse 33, another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, To the whole was leaven. And these things spake Jesus unto parables, in, uh, to the multitude in parables. And then we find a little later on that he tells us what that means. So God has some good things going on, and the devil wants to sow some seeds, some taros in that. Terror is thistles and weeds. And so as we enjoy our fellowship here at Silver Lake, do you know what the devil wants to do? Do you know what he wants to do? And churches say we have a personality clash. Or we have this or we have that. But the devil would like to take some of his evil works and just place a few little things in here. Like leaven in the bread. How much leaven you put in a loaf of bread? I don't know. I never bake bread. How much? Maybe it lasts full to a loaf? No? How much? This, I guess a drop. I don't know. I never never watched. Maybe I should watch. Just a little. Just a little. The devil says if I can just get a little, just a little. I can do my dirty work, seeds of discord. He would like to sow seeds of immorality. He'd like to sow seeds of unclean thought life. he likes like to sow seeds of greed. he likes like to sow any kind of seeds that he can. But he only needs to use a little bit, just a little bit. And he can destroy a man or a church. The devil is awesome. But our God is more awesome, isn't he? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But man is not greater than the devil, only God, only God. The enemy is our devil. The enemy is the devil. And he to, He longs to sow seeds into our lives. to the church. That's why we deal with thoughts that shouldn't be. And he wants to place those seeds there. A man went to see a psychiatrist, I believe I read it someplace in a magazine, and he asked if he has problems with his thought life. He says, no, I don't have problems with my thought life. I enjoy it. Do you enjoy it? That's the devil's seeds placing into the mind of man that which ultimately will destroy a man's life and send him to hell. He starts with little seeds. What is the devil's objective? We're going to be talking, we did, the enemy. The enemy is, our adversary is the devil. He has a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. The devil objective. What is it? I just read it. What does the devil really want to do? Does, does he want you to smoke a cigarette or take a swig of whiskey? Is that what he wants? So he wants you want to have some kind of an unclean thought, maybe a little thought that shouldn't quite be. Is that what he wants? What does he want? What's his objective? What's his ultimate objective? I'll read it. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your ad- adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may Devour. He's not after a man to puff a cigarette, necessarily. He's not after a man to take a slug of whiskey. He's not after a man just to place an evil thought in your mind. He's after us to devour us, utterly consume us with alcohol, drugs, immorality. He's out to utterly destroy us. Do you get it? Do you get it? He's out to devour us. My dad was in the hospital. He died at our home after having three or four bypasses. He came through the surgery and was in the hospital for about ten days afterwards and just didn't get better. So we took him to our home. He died there. He, didn't, he just couldn't recover. He's, he was too weak and so on. But while I was in the hospital, there was a man down the aisle, and I knew him all my life. He was sitting there. I remember the day I walked down the hall, I saw him sitting there. He was, he was out, kind of out from his room, and there at the edge of the hall, he was sitting there with like this, and he had a mask over his face, and he was just trying to get his breath. He was utterly devoured by tobacco. He slugged those cigarettes and cigars, whatever he used throughout his lifetime, and The devil devoured him with the curse of the The devil's not trying to get you to just light up a cigarette. The devil's not just trying to get you to take a slug of whiskey. The devil's not just trying to get you to have an evil thought. He's out to devour us. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? And young people, I, I talked to a young man who went down the road of sin. This is what he told me after he came back to the Lord. He said, when I started out, he said, he said, it looked so interesting. It looked like fun. And then he said, the next step, I was trapped. And he was in an awful position at that time when he was in that trap. He said, then I was trapped. And then he said, it looked so hopeless. The next step often is suicide. Did you know they say one of the biggest killers in in teenagers today in America, you know what it is? Suicide. Because the devil takes him to that last straw. But praise God, the blood of Jesus Christ has washed that man and he came back to the Lord. But many, many, many don't. The devil is out to devour, the Bible says. He's not messing around with a cigarette. He's not messing around with a slug of whiskey. He's out to devour mankind. you believe it? You know, the devil isn't mad at us. he's mad at God. And he wants to destroy he wants to destroy all righteousness. He, he, in, in Acts 13, uh, 33, I believe it is, he said, you see he's, I, I do, can't, can't quite reach it. He says, Thou enemy of all righteousness. Did you know that in the devil, there's not one good thought. In the devil, there's not one ounce of compassion. In the devil, there's not one ounce of mercy. Did you ever wonder how a man can get so callous and so hard that he can kill a man and not care? How can he? He's just gone too far with the devil. The devil has not one ounce of mercy. The devil has not one ounce of righteousness. The devil has not one ounce of compassion. And he'd like to get mankind, he'd like to get his kingdom to live that way. I, I, I guess one of the things that, that, that just, that I guess, gripped me in our Friday morning prayer meeting. By the way, all, all you men, we have a Friday morning prayer meeting at 6.30 at my shop. You're all welcome. And we have, a lot of us can come, some can't. But last Friday morning in our prayer meeting, uh, one of the brethren was sharing, he repeated a testimony of a former Satan wor- worshiper. And he, this Satan worshiper married a, a girl that I know well. He was converted. And he gave his testimony. He said that we as Christians, He's now converted. Don't have any idea of the powers of darkness, the power that's there. And he said he started down the road of satanic worship because he had a void in his life like all of us had or have. He said, I was empty as a young teenager. He said, I was empty. There was nothing there. I was empty. I wanted something. So he went to some certain kind of a religious gathering and he, they met there. And afterwards they invited him on down to the house for Father, Whatever they were doing. He went. And he said they had drugs, immorality. And it was the beginning of a pathway to satanic worship. And this man continued going on. And he became involved and he took up, he, he, he said, he said, we pray in their satanic worship. He said, we pray and fast. And we worship by giving up animal sacrifices. And he, he came to the point where he was, had gone through all that. And he said, I was going to go to the next step, which was like a bishop in the satanic world is a witch. And he was going to become a witch. He was right close to doing that. And he said, "To become a witch, you 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 fast and pray for seven days, and then you pray and fast to be cleansed." That was the word that was used. Cleansed. Cleansed from what? All righteousness. All godliness. Just totally sold out to the devil. That's as high as they can go in satanic worship. And somehow he came to church before that last step and was converted. He he married a girl that I know the parents real well, and the girl somewhat. And she said they were married some months or weeks before Halloween. This is his testimony. And he, she said that the nights preceding in the night of Halloween, she said they just struggled in a warfare. He said the Christians don't understand. Halloween is the devil's day. It's the devil's day. Our devil is much greater than most of us can get a hold of. The power that's there. And he said as he drives, this is his testimony, as he drives into different areas, sometimes he's oppressed depending on what area he's in, he senses the the depth of darkness. Then other areas that are more saturated with Christianity, that oppression kind of leads. I could name a town that he mentioned, but I won't. He said, when I drive into there, it's just just like the devil is just... And he's been so close to that. He's still worrying against it. Maybe at this time we should sing uh, We've Got the Power. Uh, Ernie or Dathan or like to speak about the devil's strat- strategy. I think I can pronounce that word. The devil's strategy. How does he go about accomplishing his work? I was once talking to my tax accountant about, and I forget what it was, about that I understood there's a certain tax you don't have to pay. Uh, and then he said, I don't use know the, the words he used or not, but he said, you don't have to now. But he said, they're going to get it sooner or later. <laughs> he said, you know, you can, it's deferred for now, but IRS is sooner or later going to get it. He says, they don't care. I thought it was an interesting statement. They don't care how long they have to wait, but they're going to get it. <laughs> Even if not before, it's when you die. <laughs> sooner or later, they will get it. The devil's strategy is exactly like I was going to say RS, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> but the devil's strategy is he's willing to wait. Uh, he, he'll get all you he can, he'll, he'll, he'll take you as far as you can go. Uh, you know, he, he wants to devour us. But we, we think too small. The devil is willing to take all the time it takes to get man, church, humanity, a nation where he wants them. He's willing to even use generations to do it. Now, when I say drift, uh, what does that mean? Now, us uh, Mennonites, when we say drift from the pulpit, you probably all know what I'm talking about. But when you really think of what the word drift means, or maybe some of you don't have the least idea what I mean when I say drift. Does anyone here, when I'm talking about churches, and I use the word drift, does anyone know, or does anyone here that doesn't know what I mean? Okay, we have a man here. Anyone else? Jeff, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. No one else. Drift in the religious uh, vocabulary means that I have to use illustration. and I I could choose one out of a hundred and you pray I use one that doesn't hurt too much, okay? For you. (laughs) It'll hurt for someone else. But drift is When, uh, what should I use? What what illustration should I use? I'm going to use one, but I'm not sure which one. There's hundreds of them. Uh, In the past, uh, my parents uh, were brought up uh, believing in God. They were church people. Uh, My grandparents were church people. And in the past, as a boy, my parents did not allow anything in the home that could pipe in influences that would be detrimental to their beliefs. Now I was about 14 years old I guess, I'm kind of an antique, but when I was about 14 I rubbed shoulder with some neighbor boys and they said they're going to invent a box that you can set in your living room, and you can see, instead of hear, what they want to say. I said, ah, yep. He said they will going to do it. Really? And you know, sure enough, he did. You got a box in your house, and it will display all kinds of pictures on it. Uh, is there something wrong with that box? Ah, uh, you're afraid to talk now because you're in the Mennonite church. <laughs> Is there anything wrong with that box? Oh, we're still going to get back to the answering the, what drift is, okay? We're still, we're still on that subject. I won't forget to mention that. But, but what was my question? Well, oh, is there anything wrong with the box? Not the box. Not the box. There's nothing wrong with the box. No, there isn't. But you know What? 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 The devil and his comrade, comrades have been doing? they anyone now? Right in the middle of the living room, you can have pictures. I don't watch it. Don't have it. Society, I hear, is quite disturbed about what's on that box. Pictures of violence, killing. Unfaithful marriage is an accepted thing. Curse words, I guess, are you Is curse words used on the box? Yes. Are, uh, I don't like to talk too plain. We're in a mixed setting here. But pictures of immorality, are they displayed on the box? Yes. Now, do God's children have this box? See, my parents said, no, when the box came, they said, no. No, we don't want that. We don't want something they can pipe that in here. Now, I understand you can have control. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But my parents said that they don't want anything in the house that you can just pipe that kind of stuff in there. They, you know, we, We're going to just keep the box out. And, and now, down the road, I'm talking about Mennonite churches, church. which I'm part of, not this church. They said, well, uh, we can bring the box in. And we'll just, we'll just be careful how we use the box. That's what I call drift. You follow? Now, I, I told you I had to pick one out. Maybe you wished I'd used another one. Maybe I should. Uh, there's all kinds of things that are different today than they were yesterday. Now some things are good, not all change is drift, some change are necessary, but when we allow the devil's things to become more closely in touch with, we're talking about drift. Now I'm told, some many years ago, if a woman would walk on the street with her knees showing, What would you do with her? Uh, I guess no one's old enough for that. But Either lock her up or go tell her to get dressed. Get off the street. You don't dress like that in public. Now, I'm glad that that's not in the church. That has changed in society, and you know that. or is it in the church. That's what we call a drift. Years ago, the church was covered. Ladies would be covered. That's yeah, covered. I I have a problem. Oh, I I, I tell you, I, but I think it's the devil's heyday today. And I don't want to embarrass anyone. But our policy here in this congregation is that when our ladies sit down, they're well enough covered. Now, that's not the way it reads it, but they're well enough covered. They don't have to squirm around to try to cover it. They can sit down comfortably being covered. Now, I don't want to embarrass anyone, I, 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 I'm, but I'm telling you how, what drift is. And the devil wants to get us. Do you believe it? A little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. How long have drugs been out? And someone read something the other day: California can now use drugs by doctors' pres- marijuana by doctors' prescription. How long has abortion? Been? The devil is consuming our nation, isn't he? And he's trying to take the church. and his strategy is I'll just take as much as I can but my end goal is to completely devour you people. Do you believe that? That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. And I don't expect to change my mind on what the bible says about marriage about decently being dressed about integrity in business i'm planning to stick with my values and convictions but you know what the devil's saying i just read it in that psalms 127 When I come to the gate, the gate is death, and the enemy is there. And he says, Preacher Christ, this is the end of your preaching. This is the end of it. I'm one step closer to where I want to take you people. One step closer. What does the mighty hunter say? He's not ashamed to speak with the enemy at the gate. Why not? Because he says to the enemy at the gate, which is the devil, he says, I've got arrows that are going to go over where I can't go. And they're going to take this with them. The gospel, the convictions, the value and the truth of God's word. We're going to take it We need you, young people. We don't need you just to play around. We don't need you just for entertainment. We don't need you just for big Friday night snacks. We don't need you just for those good things. We need you to pick up the torch of the gospel and take it over into tomorrow because the enemy says, you're going to stop. You're at the gate, and you're finished, and those things that are My convictions, my beliefs, and my values, he says, they're coming in. And then I'll say, I'm not ashamed. I have quivers. I have quivers. I have a quiver full of arrows that are going to penetrate that gate and take the truth of God's word over into tomorrow. Will you do it? Will you do it? We need you. And if we don't do that the devil is one step closer to devouring humanity one step at a time and he'll use all the generations he needs to do it if he can just get you to leave some behind he'll take all the time he needs to do it but his end goal is to devour. Those little arrows in your laps are the key for truth into tomorrow. And young people, pick it up. I'm going to end here. I'm going to quit preaching one of these days. You're going to lay me out here. I want to be buried here in Silver Lake when I die. I want to be buried out back here beside this pond. But oh, I long for this to go on. And without our arrows, it'll die. It'll die. God bless you. Shall we kneel?